Hi friends, uh, today we have a very special topic and this topic is about the sleep. Uh, we discuss the sleep, it's an, uh, actually the introductory podcast to the sleep topic and we are planning to have uh, multiple podcasts about the sleep, about the sleep architecture, about the routines that can help us to improve our sleep quality and today is the first part and today we try to set a path towards the future also towards the future podcast about the sleep and of course today i am uh, one and only andrew <laughs> and uh, again we will discuss uh, together we will try to enrich our discussions with our experience about sleep our personal experience and uh, we'll have also questions for you to self-examine the quality of your sleep and um, do you have enough sleep do you have sleep uh, deprivation or, or any other problems related to the sleep yes and now i give the uh, floor to andrew <laughs> for his introduction to the sleep podcast so today is actually a really good day for me to talk about this problem with Riza because I have not been sleeping well lately and I think that's also something that we are generally experiencing during the lockdown um, and first so you know what's the question of what is enough sleep? Um, I looked it up uh, and the CDC of all places gives us a good guideline. Um, for instance, for infants four to 12 months, uh, they need 16 or 12 to 16 hours a day. Uh, toddlers need uh, 11 to 14. Um, three to five year olds need about 13, 10 to 13 hours. Uh, school age that's 6 to 12 years old um, is 9 to 12 hours. Teens need about 8 to 10 hours. And adults, which is what I think Riza and I are, uh, we need 7 or more hours per night. Um, one way of determining whether you are getting enough sleep, there's actually two ways to do it uh, that I'm going to go through. One way um is actually to take some time uh, about a week and turn off your alarm and just make a note of when you go to sleep and when you wake up uh, and assuming that you're having normal restful sleep then that will show more or less how many hours you need a night and therefore you can plan around that which is it's always good with sleep to to have regular good sleep um Another way of doing it is to take one of numerous um, online surveys about sleep. So they're more, more or less all the same. Um, I got this one from northshore.org, which seemed to be um, more or less the same as all of the others. What it asks or what it gives is a scale of, one, uh, of zero to three zero being no chance of snoot of dozing and three being a high chance of dozing and then it asks the likelihood that you know zero to three of dozing in uh, certain situations and they are um, sitting and reading uh, reading watching tv 
sitting inactive in a public space, such as a theater or me meeting, as a passenger in a car for an hour without a break, and I actually love sleeping in cars, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, lying down to rest in the afternoon when circum circumstances permit, sitting and talking to someone, sitting quietly after a lunch without alcohol, in a car while stopped for a few minutes in traffic. Um, and that was the last one. Uh, and there are other situations where you can ask that as well uh, in other online surveys. Um, the idea here with this specific survey is that if you get um, a score of more than nine points, then it's possible that you're deprived of sleep and you should you know, consult a medical specialist, uh, you know, I, North Shore asked for you to consult. They are specialists. I think they're trying to sell you something. So, you know, just ask your doctor, really. Just ask your doctor. And so those, those are ways of telling how you or whether you're getting enough sleep. And I, I don't know if the audience is noting, noticing, but I am actually showing a lot of the effects of what sleep deprivation can do uh, I'm stuttering right now. I'm actually yawning. I'm not joking. Like I'm, trying, I'm not pretending here. I'm actually yawning. Uh, really tired. And I'm going to talk about that. But first, I'm going to give yeah. it to Riza. Yes, we, we do also here experiment. We yeah. didn't. <laughs> I didn't allow Andrew to sleep for a, for a night for the last night. So we just do this experiment with, um, with Andrew having the... Uh, accumulated sleep pressure do i have rings under my eyes no you don't okay, have good. your eyes are always beautiful yeah, as, as mine the you questions uh you also ask the questions like about the dotting yes and uh mm -hmm. though there is but in general you can ask the question do you find yourself at your book reading and then rereading the passage yeah. Yes, that is the that is the uh, lack of the focus, or um, that is a sign of underslept brain. You can ask your question: Do you sometimes forget what colors the last few traffic lights were while driving? Yes, very simple distraction is often the cause of the underslept brain, and these are the questions that, in general, that is not necessarily you have to have the same uh, certain type of the questions, but in general the result of the sleep deprivation or um, underslept brain is the loss of the focus and the loss of the memory is actually there are studies showing that uh, the uh, cabin people who are working in these um, airplanes and also pilots mm -hmm. they have the really difficulties with memory and uh, they have even a physical um, uh, physically reduce the size of the brain portion who is responsible for the memory mm. but that is even like some experiments mm -hmm. and uh, I have to say that some of the information that I received I learned about the sleep is from the book by Matthew Walker and which will also as you know we have always a blog post um, attached to our podcast and we will also recommend also recommend we recommend you to read the book it's very nice is incredibly informative book about the sleep about the sleep science and the book is called why we sleep unlocking the power sleep and dreams yes and that question that i ask you that was actually from the book yes to test your attention to test your focus and but before going to this more mechanics of the sleep i have a question and 
So before in Brick and Sports in general, we have this alignment between body and mind. And this alignment is mostly about food intake, like nutritional, um, nutritional aspects of the health and also exercise aspects like sport and physical as activity aspects of the human human yes body and mind but we have never discussed sleep to a certain degree people always not always but to a certain degree people um, avoid sleep uh, from the discussions of about health that the sleep is something that missing in this equation and therefore together with Andrew we thought about this concept which we called like trifactor what was your the trinity of health were the tri trifactor trifactor yeah trifactor i mean i you i would like to have your opinion on this trifactor or a trinity of health where we put back the sleep into the equation of the health yes yeah well, I, th I think that's actually a good way for me to also talk about the short and long-term effects of sleep because um, I think we've talked a little bit in other podcasts, you know, lack of exercise causes certain effects. Uh, eating poorly causes certain effects. Um, and so also sleeping causes certain effects. And so we're calling this, I think I'd like trifecta of sleep more. But the trinity of, of sleep is, or I mean, sorry, tri, trifecta of health more, but you know, both, both are fun. Um, so I'm going to talk about the short and long term effects. And I think it will be readily obvious uh, how these are also related to food and exercise. Um, so the National Institute of Health um, says some short term consequences are increased stress responsiveness um, somatic pain that's when your pain receptors um, react um, reduced quality of life emotional distress mood disorders and cognitive memory and performance deficits um, and to go to the cognitive stuff uh, in particular uh, sleep deprivation seems to affect our creativity, um, our ability to think divergently, and to in innovate. And this has uh, also is very much related um, because I think often people don't really understand, uh, you know, cognition is actually related to emotion. It requires emotional data and as we all know, if we don't get enough sleep, we're kind of in a bad mood. We're emotionally not able to regulate ourselves. And this also then has a further effect on our cognition. Um, aside from cognition, uh, a few, a few uh, of the effects uh, have to do with um, cardiovascular problems, uh, increased chances of diabetes, um, increased chances of uh, of obesity and uh, all in all just in your day-to-day -day life functioning as well you know not having good cognitive abilities can also lead to adverse physical health so um, I think that yeah. lays it out so those are the short-term effects and long-term effects of sleep deprivation and as Riza said, we're going to be putting this into this trifecta of good health, uh, which is eating well, 
exercising and as our topic is today and will be for the next few podcasts sleep yes and the when we say also trifactor of health food exercise and sleep uh, we don't see them as also an independent element they are in in association to each other when we say about the sleep we say for example before sleep we can do a yoga yoga sequence which called the moon salutation yes uh, trifecta yeah that the word is trifecta but that's going to be also in a blog post mm-hmm. um, that trifecta is uh, all these three parts they are uh, they are communicating to each other any uh, lackness of one factor will uh, sabotage the uh, ultimate ultimately sabotage the another factor yes am i right mm-hmm. in that case as they are communicating mm-hmm. and again like moon salutation from the yoga will help you to go to mm-hmm. a better to have a better higher quality of sleep mm-hmm. and plus this is a part of the exception exceptional part of the exercise and also avoiding caffeine intake 8 10 15 hours before mm-hmm. which is a nutritional aspect will help you to improve your mm-hmm. sleep so in that case we have this global view of the health mm-hmm. yeah we are complete here without sleep we don't have this we are to a certain degree incomplete and now i can i would like to talk about a sleep mechanics and how it occurs and certainly we will have another podcast on that on each of these issues yes uh, do you want to add something no, 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 yeah and the first one i say is a circadian rhythm yes the circadian rhythm is uh, the internal master clock which is aligned with daylight uh, in our brain and it helps us to uh, to set uh, awakening times and sleep times yes and for example as you may um, uh, experience the jet lag yes jet lag is a very uh, ob- uh, one of the clear examples how this circadian internal master clock works circadian rhythm works for example i used to travel to tokyo and from my place to tokyo was uh, i think seven hours difference and uh, seven or six hours i don't remember so it took me like every t- uh, my circadian rhythm thought that for example i'm still in uh, germany but i was in japan and so that is my uh, awakening cycles and I, my sleep event didn't happen uh, when that was a night in Japan. Yeah, so I was a uh, suffer. I, I, I suffer from the sleep deprivation, but it was for a couple of days. I think it was six or seven days. As far as I know, that every day the circadian rhythm adapts it back to the local geography. Yes, local geography, the local exposure to the daylight. If it's six hour difference, and every day circadian rhythm can adapt it for an hour, and in six days, I'm 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 kind of a, my body is accustomed, adapted to this local a- area, local environment. So this master clock, the circadian rhythm, is very important to understand because it regulates our awakening times another is um which we call this two factors or two forces of the sleep and this is a uh, accumulating sleep pressure yes a sleep pressure when i when i say sleep pressure we will come to this uh to this topic again in the future the sleep pressure is a somehow a penting up necessity uh for sleep to sleep Yes, and um, that's there is a chemical substance called adenosine, and that adenosine is accumulating through the day, 
and when we are for example 10 p.m or 11 p.m it has a peak of its um of its uh, accumulation it's stored in our brain and we have to release it and a sleep and sleeping brain is a way to release the adenosine so we have kind of a two major factors that helps us to stay awake and sleep and that is a circadian rhythm and the uh, adenosine chemical substance uh, called adenosine that so these two factors will go into the deep in the future and but the idea so we wanted to just give a brief information how sleep appears occurs that will then we want to go to another very important topic and and discuss it uh, in a great detail that is why in today's societies we uh, almost promote the uh, um, limited sleep we read that f uh, famous chief executive officers uh, or the famous scientists they notoriously well known for the sleep uh, like short cycles of sleep you have to sleep four hours then stand up work another like i, I don't know another hour so that was actually the uh, cultural some kind of a cultural uh, aspect of the sleep that advertised promoted as the necessity to be successful if you sleep less so you will be <laughs> successful more uh, that is i think that is um and our task in this podcast actually to destroy this um kind of a cultural um cultural aspect of the sleep and to provide a healthy aspect of the sleep which is cleaned from all these uh, social embezzlements like it's clean sleep which is a quality sleep which is served only for your quality life yes and we have a philosopher fortunately uh -huh. here yes. <laughs> so right. uh, so yeah. uh, okay. please stay us resist his uh, suffer his ideas about philosophy and culture of sleep yeah <laughs> my my sleep deprived ideas about culture and sleep um, before that i wanted to also first uh, go back to what rizzo was saying about the two forces bringing sleep, um, the circadian rhythm and sleep pressure. And it's important to kind of note um, as a practicality, actually, that these don't work together. Like they, they don't actually, they're not systems that help each other. They worked rather independently, uh, which means that actually it's it's up to the person to to be regular about sleep because you know, maybe sleep pressure is pressuring you to sleep at a time when your circadian rhythm is telling you don't sleep and vice versa. Um, so the cultural aspect of this, so I, I, I'm going to here talk about actually my experiences um, mostly. And that is one that I come from the country. Um, I am used to waking up at five in the morning uh, which means if I'm going to be getting eight hours of sleep which means I ideally have to be in bed at nine in the evening that never happens that almost never happens um, so I am actually off, quite often sleep deprived and you know I, I notice very starkly the difference between myself sleeping or my sleep patterns me getting up doing stuff in the morning and so on and the patterns of the people I know from cities uh, which is basically all my friends now because I live in Hamburg Germany 
Um, and they have the pattern of staying up late and getting up late. Um, and obviously these two don't, don't mix very well. Uh, and it, it has led to lots of sleep deprivation for me. Um, one aspect of this cultural thing that, uh, you know, I, I've been interested in this because for this reason, I've been interested in this for a long time. Uh, and I've read lots of, I've, yeah, I've read lots of studies. I've seen lots of studies um, linking, for instance, that um, if people who stay up late and then get up, you know, sleep in longer, therefore, um, are more successful. And as Rizzo was saying, you know, we seem to be pushing this kind of idea um, that sleep is somehow a cause of having more success. And of course, not only does that go against uh, probably all of the science on sleep, um, it's also confusing cause and effect. You know, it, it could very well be the other way around that, for instance, someone who is rich is also then privileged enough in order to stay up late. And that's actually a, a severe shortcoming of many of these studies that they don't take this into account generally. Um, or it could be that they're just not related at all. That's, that's always a possibility, you know, like, uh, your success in life is, is related, could be related to many factors and your sleep could be related to many factors. Very likely they do overlap though, because, you know, it's sleep is actually such a big part of our lives. Um, I wanted to also go to, where was this? I had, Just, yeah, um, you, you take over. And yes, exactly. I want to, um, that is when we talk about the culture, the reason that we say, um, in a society that we are living, we have never been asked to sleep, uh, less. Yes, the idea of the sleep is um, the idea of the, the we have two other types of the person that m when we, uh, for example, in many cases at the uh, at the work, I was asked whether I'm a uh, night owl or a morning larks. Yes. And this is also very important that you, I, I do understand that being a night owl or a morning owl, morning larks is not a it is something a genetic yes you cannot it's like a predefined dna structure of the people who who they go to bed late and wake up late so and the people who go to bed at 9 or 8 p.m and wake up at 5 a.m in general culture mostly um praises the morning larks yes the people who are productive in early mm -hmm. morning and the entire this after the industrial revolution mm -hmm. people uh, that when we start the work at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., ha you have to be at the work yeah, already. You, yes. Yeah. So that is the two things, but not entire the population are uh, morning uh, larks. Yeah. Like, I think 40 or 30 percent of the population of one type, 30, 40 is another type, and the rest is um, kind of a between them. The rest is sleep deprived. Yeah, this <laughs> is between them. Yes, I'm, I, I cannot say which one I am, but I'm quite uh, productive until 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and then um, kind of I'm uh, more prone towards the uh, morning larks. You also, I think, like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I know that we work together mm -hmm. <laughs> such uh, so early. So that is idea 
of but that people who had this different circadian rhythm and sleep pressure mechanics they suffer too much from this system yes imposed on them so they will see that person doesn't you know like um yeah because we know that i mean this person cannot be the person who uh wakes up at 11 a.m or uh, at 10 and 11 a.m that for them is very taxing Mm -hmm. to be at work place where he has to start at work at seven and so on so when i say cultural aspect and it also say that kind of a work culture i would say it's like it being me- more specific to go into this segment of the work that is a kind of a nullifies diversity of the sleep and circadian rhythm and sleep pressure and it says that okay everyone must go to sleep must sleep at 10 go to bed at 10 uh, p.m and stand and awake at 5 a.m mm-hmm. so that is also i think the cultural uh, kind of an aspect of a for some people that they uh, feel pressure and again ultimately it paved the road uh, paved the path toward the sleep deprivation mm-hmm. so when i say the cultural uh, impact i also assume that one as well yeah okay. so i um Riza brought up a good point so i said before that uh you know we have this idea that people who are sleep later are more successful but of course there is actually we have a double standard basically in our society and that is one you know people who wake up early are are praised for being productive members of society uh and then on the other hand we're told you know that uh people who get to sleep later are actually the ones who are more successful and so that's kind of a cognitive dissonance happening with respect to sleep and to get back to what i was i was going to go into uh Riza actually um introduced it well for me so it's, let's talk about our industrial society right we have to recognize that as human beings we did not evolve to have these rhythms that we have um Specifically, now we have a more or less eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, and eight hours of quote-unquote free time rhythm. Um, you know, of course, all of us deviate from it. And I think, I think the problem with this is that, you know, one, the eight-hour workday doesn't actually follow any sort of proven... Um, science on productivity uh, specifically it's been shown that uh, decreasing your workday is more likely to increase productivity um, it's based on you know hard work of workers um, 100 years ago you know trying to establish uh, that they have free time uh, because they were having 12 to 16 hour workdays uh, but the point here is that I think uh, what this leads to is uh, a lot of people see that, well, okay, I, f- I spent eight hours uh, at work um, and my free time isn't actually free time. You know, I have to, I was doing before the free time in air quotes, by the way. Um, <laughs> the free time is also I'm doing work. I'm doing domestic work at home, for instance. I'm doing stuff. That needs to get done or it might even be stuff related to the job that isn't however paid and so sleep becomes this thing where it's like well maybe i can take take a few hours shave just a few hours off of it 
you know, in order to give my uh, allot that time to another place. And this is, of course, a very, very widespread thing. I know all of my friends do it. Um, and of course, it is very, very, very counterproductive. And given how, given the short-term and long-term effects of um, sleep deprivation on the human body and our cognition and our emotions, it is also destructive to think that way. We should be thinking more along the lines of, well, maybe I should be working less. You know, maybe I should be pushing with other people to have a six hour work day, or maybe I should be pushing, you know, with other people. So this, like I'm trying to also point out that this is a political question as well, not just a, a cultural question. One that has arisen out of the industrial rev rev uh, revolution. Um, and another aspect of it uh, that's cultural and not just political, but cultural and environmental um, is just the very fact that our environments have changed. And specifically, we have light and you have lights on, you know, when the sun has gone down and that's messing with our circadian rhythms. That's messing with our ability to actually regulate our own sleep. Um, and it doesn't matter where you look on the internet, they all advice is to turn the lights out at a certain point and stop looking at our phones. <laughs> and if you, if, if you, you know, um, have a phone that can do this, uh, be sure to also put on your warm light function, you know, because a lot of the problem with sleep deprivation is that, uh, with concerning phones and computer screens is that it produces this blue light. And if, and, you know, if you're really not prepared to just turn off your phone right before going to bed, and I understand, uh, you know, I have problems, problems doing that too, then you might want to look into at least uh, putting on the warm light function. Um, that's yeah, all for exactly. me. Exactly, very good. And so the, well, uh, that's very, uh, that was very interesting point. And I would even go further and will say that sleep is, has been accepted by some people as a burden. Yeah. So it's a lost time. Yeah, so I can time. stay and productive and do some stuff, but it's completely, um, um, is, is just intri it's completely wrong. Yes. It's, it's, completely it's, wrong. A, it's a completely wrong and sleep. Um, I just wanted to give again, what sleep is for you and, and, so what is the benefits of for you it's immense the list goes on what sleep and enriches a diversity of functions for example including the brain activity doing making logical decisions for example or uh, including ability to learn ability to memorize they are also the sleep also recalibrates your emotions it helps you to um, pass through these difficult times through the depression yes sleep deprivation uh, amplifies the state of depression as well yes this are everything sleep is something that we have to accept this as a not a burden but prioritize it prioritize it as a major factor in our health that's very important and yes i mean for today as an introduction to the sleep i think we have already uh, give some details we we structured the our future discussion mm -hmm. and just to make you uh, just to give you a content of our future podcast we will discuss the impact of caffeine mm -hmm. in our sleep deprivation or uh, 
then we will discuss uh, melatonin and adenosine these two mechanisms which comes one is endocrine uh, hormone melatonin we, dis we will discuss this how this sends to our system the information how triggers the sleep and the sleep pressure which we say chemical substance which go the adenosine how it works and also we will discuss in a in the future we'll discuss the routine that we can build up and will help us to sleep a better way and also we will provide a questionnaire general questionnaire how you can do like self-examination of your own sleep quality yes and to understand also very important we will discuss multiple apps in google store google app store or in a, uh what do you say app app store app, apple store yeah. for the apps and uh, so how do these apps actually help you to sleep are they effective or not uh, or just simply another uh, product in our liquid consumer society <laughs> saying was Zygmunt Bauman's words so that is the uh, that is our future podcast uh, topics uh, for today thank you very much for listening and uh, ask you a question have you a good sleep high quality sleep yesterday and are you going to have one today and as always um, we are still in a lockdown uh, at least in in germany i know from reading the news that lots of people in the united states and elsewhere do not realize that we're in a lockdown do not realize that they should be avoiding social contact as much as possible that they should be wearing masks um, but we should be and the longer that people don't do these things actually the longer that we're going to have to live with this virus i mean we cannot actually rely on the vaccine even though it's looking promising we cannot yet rely on the vaccine to solve our problems and basically just let people who have underlying health conditions, uh, older people, just let them die just because we want to go outside and meet up with our friends. So please wear a mask and also really do get good, some good sleep and have a good evening.